They think they're going to win this election by dividing our people up based on the color of their skin or where they were born or their religion or their sexual orientation. We are going to win because we are doing exactly the opposite. We're bringing our people together. Have you ever felt a visceral attraction to a politician? There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. I am your voice. Ask yourself if they're really telling the truth. This is a secret innuendo being leaked out there about me. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting. This is Subliminally Correct, a podcast where we examine all the ways politicians and newsmakers are using psychological tactics to influence you every single day. And now, join myself, Taylor Sherman, certified hypnosis instructor and executive coach, along with my co-host, Alex Dobranek, political consultant and certified consulting hypnotist, on this episode of Subliminally Correct. And welcome to another episode of Subliminally Correct. What do we have up for today, Alex? Well, this week, we're going to be visiting Bernie Sanders at his big victory rally in Nevada. Now, as you may know, Bernie pulled off a very surprising victory there on the February 22nd caucuses. And we've covered Bernie's speech patterns in previous episodes, but take a listen to what he's got to say here as we go even more in-depth into one of his rallies. And in this episode, we're going to be breaking down some more of his interesting rhetorical devices. Now, if you love this show and you like what we're talking about here, head on over to our website, subliminallycorrect.com. In the top right corner, you can find our Patreon page. And if you log into Twitter... You can head over to at SubliminalPod and uh, find out some more of our stuff there. Be sure to, you know, comment, send your questions and ideas for shows to uh, our Twitter, to our website. Um, And you can pitch in on Patreon and help us support us for just, you know, the price of a cup of coffee. And now in this first clip, we're going to be hearing Bernie Sanders talk about why he's going to win and how that contrasts with how Donald Trump is acting. We are going to win here in Texas. We are going to... We are going to win across the country because the American people are sick and tired of a president who lies all of the time. They are sick and tired of a corrupt administration. They are sick and tired of a president who is undermining American democracy, who thinks he is above the law, and who apparently has never read the Constitution in this country. The American people are sick and tired of a government which is based on greed, corruption, and lies. 
They want an administration which is based on the principles of justice. Economic justice. Social justice. Racial justice. And environmental justice. Now, Trump and his friends think they are going to win this election. They think they're going to win this election by dividing our people up based on the color of their skin or where they were born or their religion or their sexual orientation. We are going to win because we are doing exactly the opposite. We're bringing our people together. We are bringing our people together, black and white and Latino, Native American, Asian American. All right. So here we hear Bernie coming out in his, you know, very what we've come to know of him as very direct, you know, kind of style. And what I noticed, first of all, you know, from watching this this Bernie video is that on the screen they have this grassroots fundraising thing that's going on. And so they have this little bar over there to the right that says our grassroots goal. And it says, you know, twenty thousand dollars. And then it has this little live donation bar underneath that says, you know, so-and-so donated this much. They donated $3. They donated $27. Like, obviously, these are um, amounts that the campaign had tested. And then they have a thing to the right of that that says top live donor. And then they have the name and the amount that they donated, you know, somewhere between like 1000 and $1,500. And so what happens is, like, you have these top live donors who keep trying to one-up each other. And then you have this steady stream of donation, you know, this person donated and that person donated. And then about halfway through this speech, um, they added another part of this, which is that they added a little button there that said live chat. And it's, it was the moderators of the chat or some of Bernie's staff picking things that particular people said, and they would then feature that thing the person said right there as text. So they would say stuff like, I'm donating $27 right now. And then, you know, Mina wrote this. And then, you know, another person wrote, hit that goal, everyone. And another person wrote, if you can't donate money, donate time. Do whatever you're capable of doing. Hashtag not me, us. And so then as they got closer to that $20,000 goal, because, you know, I think they set this goal on purpose, like it was something that was going to be achievable for them. That as soon as it got to about twenty four, twenty five thousand, they actually increased the amount and raised that goal to thirty thousand, and then they put on the live chat message that someone had written, "Set a new goal, we can do it." <laughs> <laughs> now, was that an actual person of the campaign or was that a Bernie staffer? You know, and obviously it was probably someone from the campaign that you know was putting that in there. But it's very effective, this kind of, you know, this is all happening right now. Like right now, as Bernie is speaking, people are donating. And that means that, you know, it's like on uh, on Facebook, they have the 
all the emojis that come when people watch like a Facebook live or something like that. It's this sense of people are, are involved in this right now. So it's not just Bernie speaking. It's everyone in the chat. It's all of the donations. It's this whole event that he is, you know, building up here. Yeah. And it's never enough. Right. And that's a great thing about, you know, goal setting is that you can always move the goalposts to keep people on, you know, sort of that hamster wheel. Now, with Bernie here, the thing that I really love is the way that he almost does this like Oprah chant where, you know, we're going to uh, fight for economic justice and social justice and racial justice. And, envir- and he sort of does this cadence here and then he pauses and lets everybody scream. And then he uh, yells the next thing and then people scream even more. And then he waits again. And then the next time and it's like it whips everybody up into this fervor, this crazy frantic uh, yelling where you know he could shout almost anything and everybody would already be ready to continue screaming and shouting right there and he does this to build that energy to get everybody to stop questioning stop wondering why they're excited why they're happy why they're there and you know what he actually has to say and more into the heat of the moment and build sort of that that collective social excitement that, you know, is really what drives people back to rallies like this. You really see a lot of this happen with Donald Trump um, and his rallies. He does the same type of thing, um, sort of whipping everybody up into this excitement where they're not really critically analyzing anything anymore. And that's why Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump sort of have these rallies where it's it's more about the communal event and sort of the social experience than it is about, you know, the the actual politician or the things that they're saying. Um, and so, you know, really what he's doing here is just being super broad, non-specific, you know, shouting out all the things that people love, sort of handing out cookies to every racial group and every, you know, a, a, every uh, movement to sort of get people to, you know, I see you, I see you, I see you, so that people can, um, you know, feel included and get excited about their one cause that they're excited about and then tie it to Bernie Sanders and, and all the excitement of this rally. So this is really what, what Bernie's doing here. Yeah, it's an incredible thing that he does with the repetition also. So he starts off by talking about this theme of sick and tired, right? The American people are sick and tired. And think of how loaded that terminology is, right? Sick and tired. Um, What does that mean? It means, you know, so many things. It's there within 12-step programs. You know, the American people, and we've talked about this nominalization before, this large word, um, the American people are sick and tired of a government which is based on this. They're sick and tired of a president. They want an administration which is based on justice. And then he goes into the types of justice, economic, social, racial, environmental justice. And then he's starting to step into that very liberal framing. And we've heard this from so many of the Democrats in this primary season of this theme of dividing people up or bringing them together. And if you listen to our last episode on Pete Buttigieg, um, it was two episodes ago, he does the same thing, right? He's using a lot of this same language. So Donald and Trump think they're going to divide people up based on the color of their skin or where they were born or their religion. And so he's comparing Trump there to a segregationist. 
And this is kind of a callback to the civil rights movement. But that's not what Bernie's doing. Donald Trump is dividing you up. He's segregating you. He is separating you. We're about bringing people together and we're about bringing together all of the various groups, you know, that he mentioned. And if you find yourself in that group, well, and by the way, it's all groups. So, of course, you do. Then that means that this is also a campaign, you know, here for you. Now, in this next clip, we're going to be hearing Bernie Sanders, you know, really comparing the working people versus the one percent. And listen to what he does here to sort of get people riled up about this class warfare. We are bringing our people together around an agenda that works for the working people of this country, not the one percent. All over this country, workers are sick and tired of earning starvation wages. You can't make it on nine bucks an hour or 11 bucks an hour or 12 bucks an hour. We are going to raise the federal minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. We are going to provide equal pay for equal work for women. We are going to make it easier for workers to join unions. We're going to create millions of good paying union jobs by rebuilding our crumbling infrastructure and building the 10 million units of low income and affordable housing this country desperately needs. We're going to win this election because we believe in education. We are going to have high quality, affordable, universal child care. We are going to triple funding for low income Title I schools. And we need great teachers in this country. We need more Latino teachers. We need more African-American teachers. And because we know the vitally important work that teachers do, we're going to fight to make sure that no teacher in America earns less than $60,000 a year. So here we really hear Bernie at his best. So we don't really hear Bernie describing any specific policies that he supports or actual ideas for how to solve these things. We hear Bernie listing off his you know, complaints and his whole like list of grievances. And this is really what Bernie does best, is that he really doesn't do well when he's the one having to describe exactly how all of his plans will work and getting into the details and having a plan. He's really much of the outsider bomb thrower and complainer that gets everybody riled up and angry. And that's really where he shines. And what you see here in the clip that we just played is that he is back to that listing off 
something is wrong with this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You need this. We need more uh, black teachers, more Latino teachers, more of this, more of that. And it's like he's not actually saying what is actually going to produce more African-American teachers or, you know, what uh, who, what's going to allow someone to make more money at their jobs. He's just saying all the things that are wrong with the world and claiming that he's going to fix it without any details. And that is a lot of the way that Donald Trump ran in his election in 2015 and 2016, was listing off all the problems and all the things that are happening that are wrong with the government and just saying, I can fix it without actually describing all the things that go into it. And so, of course, people attending a rally don't actually want to hear complex policy nuance. Um, They just want to get excited about all the things that they're going to be promised and all the cookies that they're going to get. And that's exactly the candidate that Bernie Sanders is and what he's giving the people in this rally. Yeah, I like how you describe it as a cookie. It's like (laughs) that that really really summarizes it because... He's going over so many of these really nice, you know, shiny policies. Um, but Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders have something in common, which is they both tend to use this very abstracted, highly chunked up type of language. They both tend to use a lot of universal quantifiers, which are words like all and everyone and all the time and never and always, words that describe things in big generalities. And when they're using this type of language, that allows people to fill in their own picture. Okay. So here we hear Bernie talking about the working people versus the 1%. And so this is getting into, there's the black and there's the white. There's no gray area here. There's no gray area for an actual policy. It's just, there's good and there's evil. And we've heard this from many candidates, but Bernie really does it pretty well. And, you know, maybe that's why he's leading in the polls. Um, you know, starvation wages. What does that mean? Well, that's a loaded term. It's something that, you know, has been invented um, by him or by his campaign or maybe people who believe the same types of things that he does have started saying that. What we you know, what does it mean? And then he starts to talk about how you can't make it on nine, 10, 12 bucks an hour. Now, he says you can't make it when on those wages. But who is the you that he's talking about? So when he says you, and you know, this is a very broad idea. He's talking to you. Is he addressing his audience? This is a scope ambiguity. Is he addressing the um, people out there at home listening? Who specifically is you? And how does he know that you won't be able to make it on that amount? And why is $15 an hour the magical number? Why is 12 not enough, but 15 is? Why is it not 20? You see... It sounds better to have 15 than 12, like everyone can understand the basic math, but when you actually get into it and you realize, like, why is he staking this, you know, this is the magic thing, well, that's because that's what's been campaigned against. And he really gets into here this New Deal type of language. We're going to create jobs by rebuilding the infrastructure. We're going to be creating the jobs by building new affordable housing. Now, who knows if Bernie's policies actually will build new jobs, but people aren't economists. They're not critically analyzing it. You know, the point is he has a vision, and if he says it's possible, then they will forget 
if the cause and effect that he's linking here will actually work. And that's something that you're going to notice as Bernie talks is that he has a very strong tendency to move into cause and effect. This is what is going to happen and then this is what will be the result of it. Or this is these are the results that I'm going to promise you and here's why it's going to work. But he's actually pretty adept persuasively at saying, linking this very loosely, where you don't realize that even though two sentences have gone by, he just provided for you the cause for the thing that he promised you two sentences ago. And if you really had to look at it on plain paper right in front of you, you might go, wait a second, does that actually make sense? Is that... Does B actually follow from A? You know, does this actually play out that way? But the excitement is there and the energy of the rally is there and people are stepping into it and they're holding up their signs and they're donating in his loud, booming voice that and his, you know, absolutely um, uh, mesmerizing gestures as he's, you know, waving his arms in the air uh, really serves to take their attention off from all of these policy points and move them down into, um, you know, just accepting non-critically what he's actually saying. Now, in this next clip, we're going to be listening to Bernie continuing to tell us about how he's going to solve the woes of the world. This time, though, he's really going to get be getting a huge applause from the audience when he's starting to talk about tuition and student debt. And because we believe in education, we believe that all of our people, regardless of their income, are entitled to a higher education. And that is why we're going to make public colleges and universities tuition free. And we're going to cancel all student debt in this country. By imposing a modest tax on Wall Street speculation. Twelve years ago, we bailed out the crooks on Wall Street. Now it is their turn to help the working families in this country. And together, we are going to end the international embarrassment of the United States of America, our great country, being the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people. So let me be as clear as I can be. Healthcare is a human right, not a privilege. We are going to end the absurd situation in which we now are spending twice as much per person on healthcare as the people of any other country, yet 87 million of us are uninsured or underinsured, 30,000 die each year, and 500,000 people go bankrupt because of medically related debt. In America, you should not go bankrupt 
because you're struggling with cancer. The function of a rational and humane health care system is to guarantee health care to all, not make a hundred billion in profits for the drug companies and the insurance companies. And we are going to take on the greed and corruption of the pharmaceutical industry. Under our administration, the American people will not pay, in some cases, 10 times more for the same prescription drugs sold in Mexico, Canada, or in Europe. So here we can hear exactly how Bernie Sanders marks all of the points that he thinks are really, really important. Just listen to the cadence and where he halts and where he stops and and how he structures what he just said. So he will often set up, you know, with we're going to do this great initiative. And then he goes into talking about why that thing is important. He says, we're going to do this other great initiative and then why that thing is so important. And then he does, you know, one or two or three of those. And then he stops and then he says something like he did in this moment, which is, so let me be as clear as I can be. Healthcare is a right, not a privilege. So he here, he sets it up with one policy and why it's important, another policy, and why it's important. And then he sort of builds up to this crescendo of this is an even bigger policy that I am now being very clear about. You need to pay attention to this because it's very exciting. And he he sort of tags on to it, this little catchy thing of healthcare is a right, not a privilege. And again, he's not speaking to specific policies He's more speaking to values, and and that's his moment where he's telling you, I value this, I am on your side, rather than other candidates who might talk more about the actual policies that they want to implement. And so that's what makes Bernie effective, because people understand their values. They don't really understand complex uh, public policy. Yeah, and he links the words together here, you know, very fluidly. So it's that whole cause and effect idea. Then you hear it right at the beginning of that clip of him continuing from the last thing where he was talking about education. You know, he was saying, we're going to win this election because we believe in education. It's like, well, first of all, what does that mean, you know, by itself? But then he doesn't just say that. He says, because we believe in education, then we're going to make all colleges tuition free. We're, and by the way, the people behind him, uh, if you see the video, the people behind him are absolutely going nuts when he says, we're going to make colleges tuition free. And then he pauses, a nice pregnant pause. And we're going to cancel all student debt. And then they go really you know, crazy. And you can almost see on their faces this sense of, wow. These people, like maybe that person has student debt. You know, it's the type of person who 
right now is not paying their student debts because they have such faith or they're not paying them down as aggressively as they could because they have such faith that Bernie is going to win that, (laughs) you know, they they're not paying them off because they think, oh, they're going to get forgiven anyway. And you know what? I know multiple people like this who are actually having (laughs) that and doing this particular policy. It's it's a little bit crazy. Um But he has that kind of slippery slope reasoning, right, that he does there. You know, because of this, that. And because of that, then, this other thing. And because that other thing, this other, you know, tangentially related thing is going to happen. But you didn't realize how when he was linking those things together, they weren't necessarily connected logically. And so then he goes on to talk about this, um, how he's going to pay for it, because that's going to be the question. You know, he's inoculating his supporters against the objections that they are going to have when they go off and talk to their friends and talk to their family and talk to, you know, people that they go and um, show up on their doorstep for. How do you describe this? Because the next question is, well, you know, Bernie's crazy. How is he going to pay for all of that? He gives you the answer. We're going to do that by imposing a modest tax (laughs) on what? A modest tax. Taxes are not popular. We're going to impose a modest tax on Wall Street speculation. Okay. Well, now that's what we're going to tax. Again, like Alex has been saying repeatedly here, what exactly does that policy look like? We have no clue. We don't know what he's actually going to do here for this. But taxes are unpopular. Taxing Wall Street is popular. But it's not every business that he's going to tax, so you can't say that you know Bernie's anti-business here. It's just speculation that he's taxing. Well, please tell me, how is it that you're going to tax speculation? Like, what specifically is going to go on there? You know, are you going to you know tax futures in what? Like, what does that look like? We don't know. And so you know, then he comes to this big you know crescendo and. The thing that I want you to pay attention to here is we've talked in the last couple of episodes about this Republican primarily tactic of using numbers, right? They talked about the numbers in the Comey investigation of how it was such a waste. They talked about the numbers in the impeachment and this many FBI agents and this many hours for this many documents and this many subpoenas and that many witnesses. But here we hear Bernie doing the same thing using numbers and quoting statistics as a way of bolstering up his credibility here. So we've got 87 million people uninsured or underinsured. Okay, he adds that in. You know, we have 37,000 that die, 500,000 that are bankrupt because of the greed and corruption of Wall Street. So he puts all of this together and then as people are going to go out in the world and, you know, it not only satisfies their critical reasoning because, hey, he's up there, he's a senator, people are looking at him, he has support, he's leading in the polls, all of this, you know, lends to his credibility and not only that, but he's bringing us specifics. Now, are they policy specifics? No, they're specifics of number statistics that make his argument seem more credible. So he doesn't need to say what he's actually going to do. All he has to do is tell us some true facts that we can rely upon and say, well, my gosh, 87 million, that sounds specific. So we can't say that he doesn't do that because obviously he's doing it right now. 
All right, I think that's all the time we've got for today. Head on over to our website at subliminallycorrect.com and in the top right corner, you can find our Patreon page again, where you can support this show for as much as a cup of coffee just to keep us energized and coming to you every single week with episodes like this one. And if you have any questions or comments or things that you're just wondering about, go on to Twitter at subliminalpod and send us your messages, your thoughts and ideas, and we will be sure to answer any questions you have on the air. And next week, we're going to be continuing with even more of Bernie Sanders' big win in Nevada and all of the things that he's going to promise Americans if they elect him and how he's going to win. So we will talk to you next week. <laughs>